Welcome to Airwaves, the official podcast of the Naval Air Systems Command. I'm your host, Michael Lauren Prue, and today we're on the Airwaves to talk about how to successfully manage professional and personal change. This is the first in our Make an Impact podcast series with guest host, NAVAIR Deputy Commander, Mr. Gary Newton. In this series, we're going to feature topics that will help us learn, improve, and succeed in today's increasingly competitive, complex, and rapidly changing world. Which is why we are honored to have America's leading expert in change, Dr. Michelle Rosen, with us today. Dr. Rosen holds a master's and a PhD in psychology. She specializes in managing change and has been featured on NBC, ABC, CNN, Fox News, and many more media outlets. She is an author of three books and writes for the Huffington Post on issues related to motivation, personal and professional growth, and managing change in our lives so we can all do better feel better, and become better in every possible way, both as individuals and as leaders. Thank you both for joining us today. Gary, over to you to set the stage for today's conversation. So, Michelle, the organization that we have is a really large organization. We have about 30,000 civilians, about four or 5,000 military, operate around eight sites around the, in the U.S. and two operating sites overseas. So with, with such a large organization and complex organization, can you give us some good tips for any personal individual, just some basic practical examples of things that they can apply directly from where they work today? I think uh, the most important thing to remember when there is organizational change, whether if the organization is small or very, very large, is that every person in the organization becomes a change agent. That means that every person in the organization has the responsibility to carry the message through and to do a good job in implementing the change across all aspects at the, of their work at NAVAIR. So I think it's important for everyone in the organization to understand how valuable they are and how important their mindset is as change agents and how much of an opportunity it is for them to embrace the mindset of a change agent. Because if you're a true change agent and you embrace change, it, it, carries, it carries on to all aspects of your life. You're going to stop doing more of the same in your personal life, and you're not going to do more of the same in the work setting at NAVAIR. So um, everybody matters. Everybody's a change agent. Before we dive deeper and talk about change within the organization, I'd love to hear your personal change story. Michelle, what drove you to embrace change? You know, I used to not tell the story for a long time when I started my speaking career because I thought, Honestly, I thought that it didn't matter because it's not it's not dramatic. I didn't, you know, drown and recover and a shark didn't bite me and I thought it was just an ordinary everyday story. At the end of one presentation, one of the attendees asked me. They said, "You know, you're talking about change with such passion. What change did you make? Where did it impact your life?" And so I told the story, and this is when I discovered that it actually matters. The story is basically a story of someone who lived a professional life that they didn't like, which was me, and um, you know, I wanted to create a change. And I felt that the time is not right. I had young kids, I didn't have the time, and I worked full time, and my husband was in a startup, so it didn't make any sense. But when you want to create a change, I basically wanted to go back to school, and I did my master's and then my PhD when you want to create a change and you really feel it in your bones that change needs to happen you just you just it's unacceptable to stay where you are you crave it you want it it's 
bigger than you, you figure it out. And so the story is basically a story of wanting something so badly, and it doesn't really matter why. So the why is not always the engine. It's the intensity of wanting something really badly. And then you overcome whatever life throws at you. So mine has a little bit of a same, similar storyline to it. So I had been working for the Navy for about 10 years, and I had grown up in a career field called cost engineering, cost estimating. And I had become very successful in that, and I had accelerated very quickly through that organization. And I was in a very interesting, exciting job, and I started to feel bored. And I didn't, I didn't know why. I had a young son at the time, so my weekend routine was to walk the dogs, have the sun on my backpack, and I would reflect on things. And so I started reflecting on what makes me excited. And my analogy always was, what drove me to not hit the snooze button in the morning? And I started thinking about the types of work that I did during those periods of my career. Because it wasn't always during those first 10 years. They weren't always exciting times. And I realized that I needed challenge. I needed a sense of accomplishment in my work. And I needed to really feel like my work was meaningful to, to not just getting the work done, but meaningful to a higher cause. And so that caused me to decide to make a career change after 10 years in the Navy. And, and a career change being changing my, my career field into a different one. I made that decision in August of 2001 to move from the cost department over to a group that we have a logistics department and logistics department works a lot with fleet operations I had no idea that before I showed up in that new job in logistics that 9-11 would happen so by the time I got to the logistics job just you know lucky that I had the opportunity and I made that change when I did um, and that changed the course of my career dramatically and it was uh, it was a little you know, intimidating to think about leaving what I just learned for 10 years. I had mastered a lot of things and I just decided that I was never going to have the challenge of newness unless I went into something different. And, and it really, really, uh, like I say, the timing of that worked out to be great and it really allowed me to continue that approach in the rest of my career to date. I think a lot of time we don't stop to have a meeting with ourselves, reflecting time. So it was so important that you took that time to actually reflect. And then you ask yourself such an important question, what makes me excited? Which is basically asking yourself, what's my number 10? What's the most important thing that excites me? Where's my passion? So it's so important to take that time to have a meeting with yourself, whether while you're walking or you're working out or you're swimming or meditating or whatever it is, and ask yourself these very important questions. It's, it's a wonderful thing. And that's something that when I mentor people now, that's usually the question I ask them. And I be, I'm very specific. I, I tell them, I don't want you to make your career plan a job. It needs to be the type of environment that you thrive in to get excited. And usually it turns into they have to go and do a reflection time and come back to me for the second mentoring session to answer the question because they hadn't thought about it. Um, exactly. But I, I agree with you. It's really important. It's hard. It doesn't come to you right away. You got you to gotta give yourself the time to think through that. That's great advice. I think we all have a tendency to work harder and do a better job when we enjoy what we do. And Michelle, tying back to your point, this spills over into the value we bring as change agents within the organization. Michelle, a lot of the research that you see in organizations that make changes, especially large organizations, the success rate 
for them to get to the goals that they set out for when they started the change is usually pretty low, 30%, depending on which where you look at benchmarking. You had mentioned a little bit on uh, earlier about personal, you know, the personal change at the individual level. Do you have any tips for us that you have seen where organizations get off on the wrong foot and end up in that 70% that don't achieve the goals that they set? I think the key to get among the 30% successful change implementing organizations is to be as clear as possible. The main problem with change is anxiety of team members. It creates change resistance. It uh, creates a decline in engagement and motivation. And it's not what you want because actually what you want through change is you want people working harder. You want people challenging themselves. And so I feel that a lot of times I'm hearing from leaders, from team members that they are not really understanding what and why. And I feel that it's leaders job to spell things out even more so through change than they would have in any other situation. And I feel that if leaders lead through change with the utmost clarity, the success rates are actually very high. It just requires everyone to do more and to demand more of themselves so that it works. Michelle, what is leadership's role in driving change? Well, leadership's role is to communicate. And when I say communicate, I mean that if you are used to communicating on a certain level, you just need to get better. You need to be on top of what is happening with people. If you have a team member that is struggling through the change, judging them or, you know, getting frustrated with them is not going to get the team anywhere. It's the leader's job to help people and have empathy for the difficulty that people are having through change and then think creatively how they can help them succeed. It's the job of the leader to help the people succeed. So through change, if the leader needs to get clearer, if the leader needs to give more support, more mentoring, more tools, change things up a little bit so that that person can make it work. You're working with different personalities. This is all on the leader's plate when it comes to leading through change. It is possible, but it requires a lot of focus and a lot of motivation of the leader to help their team crush the goals and get things done. Yeah, it's one thing I think that I've noticed over this last year within the organization is we've tried to articulate and clearly describe a brighter, better future. And it's really been hard because our, our folks want to know what's the problem that we're trying to solve. And they want to, unfortunately, make it a very sim- simple, tell me what we did wrong and I'll make it better. And it's been hard for us to communicate that message of just a clear future that we need to strive for. And so that has been really, really hard for us. I I agree with everything you said. I'm in the middle of learning how hard it is to over-communicate it over and over and over again with clarity. Michelle, do you have tips for leaders that are guiding their team or their employees through these times of change? Absolutely. I think that um, it's important for leaders to understand the incredible power that they have over the success of their team in implementing change. And I think that... If there were three things to highlight, I would say number one would be to 
be the change that you want to see. So whatever it is that you're looking to change, you have to demonstrate it in your own actions. If you want people to be open to change, be open to change yourself and let your team members know exactly how open you were and what you have done differently and how it worked out. Number two is the clarity piece that we spoke about. Just translate and break out into small pieces everything that people are required to do so and make sure that they have everything they need so that they experience a successful implementation. Once they implement something different or allow themselves to try, I love when you said uh, encourage people to just try first of all. So once they do that and they see that they're not judged and they have a successful experience, they're going to go ahead and try that in a different way. So um, definitely to monitor that process and encourage people to try and then let them feel that they're okay. They're not going to be judged just for trying. And number three, I think is just to look for opportunities to empower people around you. So it's almost like the leaders walking around wearing special glasses, trying to detect good things that are happening, not just things that need to be corrected. And I think when you mentioned before that there's a little bit of a, a sense of people that change is coming because they've done something wrong before. I think that this is a point that I would focus on in terms of changing the culture, changing the the perception of why change is needed. It's not because somebody's done something wrong. It's because change is a huge opportunity to become better and better and better and better. So Naver is in the, in the business of just becoming increasingly better and better and better and better and better. It's not because something was wrong. It's because we're just becoming better all the time. So in that respect, if you um, take it back to the personal life, if I'm going to do something differently in my life, it's not because I've done something wrong. It's because I'm in the business of becoming just competitively better, better, better in everything that I do. And we, we've tried to provide clarity around our, our organizational change that we've made uh, in this past year. And, and I've noticed that when we would communicate that out to the folks, the mental noise that would come with the idea of change would, in many cases, overwhelm them to the point that they couldn't hear what we were saying. Yeah. We're entering a decade where the world's a really dangerous place and the work that we do supporting the Navy and Marine Corps team and specifically the aviation component of the Navy and Marine Corps team makes our jobs so important right now. And we've tried to tell the folks we're making these changes because the problems that we're dealing with are so much more complex. Some of that's driven by the technology of the equipment that we do. Some of it's dealing with the world dynamics that we have. And so we have to get better at solving more complex problems. And then the second part is the pace of the world is so much faster and we have not been able to keep up. And a lot of our adversaries produce equipment so much faster than we do that they're giving you know, their organizations, their military components equipment at a higher rate than we are. And we've tried to explain that to, to our workforce, but the, the mental noise of what did I do wrong and what, what is the problem you're trying to solve is a lot of what we would hear. So I, I hope we can continue to just give that clear message of it's about getting better every day personally and professionally. And the importance of the work that we do drives us to ha we have to improve faster than other, other people would normally think about. So it's important to be open to change in order to stay competitive. 
but how do we help ourselves and our colleagues successfully navigate change? I think that we are, as people, we have the power to help other people become better in whatever they do. And sometimes we don't realize how much power we have to impact other people around us. And I think it's a privilege and an opportunity to impact other people. You talk to someone, you say a sentence, you recognize something amazing that they've done or just something good. You say a kind word to someone, you share your story with them, and um, you just got to make an impact on someone's life. So I think that we need to understand how important we are, how valuable we are to people around us in making a change in their lives. And you never know what people are struggling with, what's on their plate, what their challenges are. So just walk around and become better, I think, every day in how you communicate with other people around you and how you empower other people and how you're helpful with other people. I think your message is really good for us because those are simple things we can do. It doesn't cost any money. It's just doing the right thing to respect and and honor our, our colleagues and our teammates. And I think in all areas of life, if you get yourself into the habit of being someone who recognizes other people's efforts, and you do that in your personal life, and you do that at NAVAIR, it just becomes second nature. It becomes part of who you are. And that brings so much value. If you're talking about getting among the 30% organizations that succeed through change, if you, each person at NAVAIR is a change agent and empowers people around them to become change agents as well and to succeed and helps them succeed, you're going to be among the 30% for sure. Michelle, you mentioned empowerment. How does change help us grow? If you look at nature, right? So everything in nature grows. If it doesn't grow, it crumbles. Right. So, I mean, are you in the growing business or are you in the crumbling business? There is no way not to change. There is no way not to grow. It's just a matter of how much and how good you get at signaling out what you actually want for yourself. And I always say, you know, life is like being on a ship, right? You're navigator, so you're on a ship, your life is going, you're in the ocean. If you don't put anything in the GPS of your life, or if you don't put anything in the GPS of your ship, you're going to end up somewhere, you know, but it's not necessarily what you want. So we're in the business of defining to ourselves what we want to change, and then really focusing on that to make sure it happens. And you know, one of the things that, that you mentioned in your talk um, earlier today about setting the highest priorities. I think that's so important. I sent an email out to the workforce about a week ago that was a message from the Defense Department and it talked about focused prioritization. And it was exactly what you you had mentioned to the folks today is that you have a lot of priorities, but if you don't focus on what the most important ones are, you will find that you'll spend your time in places that are not where you wanna spend your time. And I think if we can help Everybody pick the highest priorities of what they want. And those priorities are constant improvement in their personal or professional life. I'm an avid golfer. So every year I have a handicap number that I'm trying to meet. And then I have to go analyze what is it going to take for me to get better. I keep track of my scores. I keep track of my putts. 
I get frustrated because I don't spend time where I should spend time. And so it's a constant feedback reinforcement kind of model. And I think if our folks can start to apply that in their work setting, I think, and their personal setting, I think it's just a great, great way to go. You get great satisfaction out of achieving whatever size goal it is for you personally. Absolutely. So switching gears just slightly, Earlier, you both mentioned communication being important as far as navigating change. But in certain cases, we don't always have all the answers or the information as we move through a change. Gary, you want to talk about this? You know, the, the type of work we do inside of NAVAIR, a lot, a lot of our jobs could be viewed as you need to have certainty before you can work on it or before you can complete it. And so that has kind of caused our folks to, I think, pause because there's, they don't have all the answers and they feel like they can't take a step in making a decision and moving forward until they have absolutely all the answers possible. And at the pace of the world moving now, we can't afford to wait that long. And so do you have anything from a human behavior that we can give people tips on? How do you deal with the lack of certainty, but you know you have to take a step and what things would be tips for them to handle that type of situation? I think the most important thing is to separate between certainty and clarity and understand that these are very two different things. So certainty is, in a lot of cases, just it it doesn't exist. I mean, we want certainty. Life would be great if there was more certainty, but most of the times there's lack of certainty. And even if we think that we have certainty, we don't. So that's hard for the human psyche. We don't like not knowing for sure what will happen, but that's the reality. But that is not the same as within those uncertain conditions. It is still the role of the leader to be as clear as possible in terms of the expectations. And so these are two things, lack of clarity and lack of certainty. Both of them create anxiety. So if you can't provide the certainty, which is not within your control, what is within your control? Clarity. And so focus on that. Say, okay, we don't know. We don't have all the parameters, but this is what I need from you. And just to break it down, it's just very helpful to people. And it's so important that you talk about the mental noise because that's basically the anxiety. And it's actually part of the leader's job. That's what we're dealing with. And so through clarity, people calm down. They know what is expected. And if they know that you'll recognize their efforts, they're going to go ahead and do it. Earlier, you mentioned mentorship and, and the importance of mentorship during times of change. What makes a good mentor? I think that a good mentor is someone who cares greatly about the person that they mentor. I think that mentoring someone requires effort. I think it requires helping them grow from within their circumstances. They're not you. So it requires a certain level of acceptance of a different personality, different circumstances, not judging them for why they do differently. I mean, I'm sure sometimes mentors would say, oh my gosh, if it was me, I would have done things completely differently. But I think the role of the mentor is to see who that person is, what their personality is, what their circumstances are, and within those limitations, within those conditions, see how they can help them become the best that they can be. So if I was to use one word to describe a great mentor, I would say acceptance, to accept the other person as they are and help them thrive from within who they are, not who you are. The thing I found is asking a lot of reflective questions of the mentee that sometimes they might not have the answers to their reflective questions, but that gives them 
the onus to think reflectively on what is the answer to those kinds of questions? What are the career uh, goals that I have? I like to always ask them, what's the environment that you thrive in at work? Don't tell me about your positional assignment you want to aspire to. Do you like, do you thrive in uncertainty and chaos of of a job description where you get to define it yourself? Are you the type of person that you need to have all the steps clearly identified? That starts to paint a picture of what work environment they feel comfortable in. Those are reflective questions I ask. And then the third one I, I like to remind them is to have multiple mentors and compare the notes that they get from the different mentors. Because if I'm mentoring you, I'm coming with my own set of biases, just because that's my experiences. And they might be good biases to help you, but if you get two or three different mentors and now all of a sudden some of the themes are the same, that's reinforcement that that's probably something that you really want to think about. So those are some of the things I try to remind people when they ask about good mentorships. So Gary, when someone comes to you to initiate a mentor-mentee relationship, what makes a good mentee? And how can we make the most of that relationship? It's a great question. First, be prepared. The second one is to have time to reflect on your own personal goals. That is always something that I, I kind of ask them about and I give them time to do it because it's, it's a personal thing and you can't do it on a Friday afternoon in between two meetings. You've got to decompress yourself. You've got to find that place that gives you comfort and, and you can kind of clear your mind. And, and that's, I can't tell you where because each person's different. Um, so that's really the second piece. And then the third piece is not to make your mentoring session about getting a particular job. Because when you make the, that your goal, there's too many other factors that will allow you to get that job. And many of those factors are not in your control. It's the situation or somebody else who's highly competitive is moving into that organization and they're going to give that person the job, regardless of your qualifications. There's, the, the world's really too hard to predict that. And I always tell people, you know, work hard and count on opportunity to be lucky. You know, if you work hard and, and you, the analogy of hard work and opportunity creates luck, that's really very true because there's a lot of things that have happened to me in my professional career I didn't paint that picture of I wanted to be the deputy commander of Navair. That was never a goal of mine. I like to take on hard jobs. I like to do very well at it. And I like to constantly learn. And, and I give that to the folks that, that come in and ask about mentoring because if they can define whatever theirs are, because it might not be the same, then they're going to have a much better time finding the things that are going to make them satisfied in their work life or their personal life for that matter. So as we wrap up today, I want to circle back to our theme. How do we make an impact and be successful in a rapidly changing world? Michelle? I think the most important thing is the mindset. The most important thing is to look at change not as something that you have to deal with, not as something that you have to put up with. We have to look at change as something not just even to embrace. It's something that is an incredible opportunity. If you know how to not do more of the same, if you know how to challenge yourself to think differently, act differently, make different choices, anything wonderful can happen to you. It's where you keep making the same choices over and over again that people get very upset and stuck and you don't want to be stuck. I mean, it's an option. You can choose to be stuck, but it's really not what you want. So I think the mindset is everything. The mindset is that change is a huge opportunity for a lot of wonderful things to come. 
So embrace change and make an impact. Michelle, thank you for joining us today. Mr. Newton for hosting. Great discussion on the power of change and how we can all manage change to succeed professionally and personally. And that's it for this edition of Airwaves. You can check out more of our podcast by subscribing to Navier Airwaves on all your favorite listening apps. And as always, thanks for listening.